here's my actual tip because obviously you want them to know what you do, but more importantly, you want them to know who would be your ideal client? Who are you looking for and how can you help them? So I, I actually start this prior to telling them, I ask, you know, people in my network, how will I know if I've met somebody that would be an ideal prospect for you? Welcome to the Referral Bench Podcast, a weekly podcast for business owners and salespeople growing their business with networking and referrals. I'm Ian Campbell, CEO of Mission Suite. And I'm Phil Pelto, CEO of Firestorm. If you're working on growing your network, we have another great episode coming your way today. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get to this week's interview. This podcast is brought to you by Firestorm. Firestorm is a business-to-business networking organization that organizes events and meetings for business owners and professionals where they can meet, build relationships, and share referrals. Learn more at myfirestorm.com. And this podcast is brought to you by Mission Suite, offering small business owners, salespeople, and sales teams the contact management and sales automation software they need to grow their business at a cost that they can afford. Learn more about Mission Suite at www.themissionsuite.com. Welcome to another episode of the Referral Bench Podcast. We are super excited for this week's guest, Candice Kingston. Um, Candice is a speaker, author, and leadership coach who works with small business owners and high-level professionals to help grow personally and professionally. The working title of her upcoming book is Your Imposter Moment, Understanding How to Tame Our Limiting Beliefs. Her superpower is uncovering roadblocks that may be holding you back from reaching your true potential and creating a life and business you love. She spent 12 years in corporate working in health insurance, uh, not exactly loving it, and through the help of coaching, discovered a place where she finally felt like she could make an impact and help others. She works with those suffering from a lack of confidence, overwhelm, uh, doing all of the things, and self-awareness. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So uh, that was an awesome intro. And uh, um, you've done a bunch of cool things. Do you do you want to add any color to that at all? And, you know, tell us a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a mom of three teenagers. There's a lot of color there. There's always something <laughs> yeah, going on. Three teenage boys, let me clarify. Wow. All boys. Um, yeah, so there's always a lot going on. In fact, right next to me on my on the chair next to me, I wish I could turn this so you could see it, but is my dog and a rabbit cuddled up. Oh on this chair. Super cute. So we've got pets. We've got that. I've got a a husband sitting in the other room doing Zoom calls. There's just a lot going on here at all times. And then throw into the mix, like trying to find time to write, trying to find time to find clients or talk to clients. So there's just always something going on around here. Tonight, we're having some people over for dinner that are our close neighbors we've been like in quarantine with. Um, So yeah, you know, just, just a lot going on. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and I think it uh, it speaks to, you know, in your uh, intro, you talked about overwhelm and like, all, right. <laughs> that, that's a lot of stuff to juggle. So. Yeah, it is. Um, How did you get the dog and the rabbit to cuddle with one another? <laughs> I'm sorry, say that one more time. How did you get Talk the about dog juggling. and the rabbit to cuddle with one another? <laughs> They, so we, um, when we had a cat, we, my oldest son would 
mercilessly put the cat under the dog's paw to make it look like he was cuddling the cat and the, and the cat would be fine, but the dog would make these terrified faces. She's a Brittany um, Spaniel. So she's super sweet, but she would just look totally freaked out. And so we cut, you know, stop, try to get him to stop doing that. Cause it was just so mean. And then my youngest son has this new rabbit. It's super cute. Ghostface killer is his name. And no, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's super cute but um so he started kind of doing the same thing with chloe and the bunny and then um you know it, it never really stuck and we were like okay just forget that they're not gonna cuddle now the bunny will jump up next to the poor dog and just go sit he's i mean I, i'll have to send you a picture yeah <laughs> Sounds like the beginnings of a great Instagram account. Exactly, right? Yeah, right. Oh, that's a, yeah, we've been talking about starting the bunny's uh, personal account. That's awesome. A total sidebar, but I you are are inspiring me to to like make a, a zoo where all the animals are named by the Wu Tang clan. <laughs> right? That would be awesome. That would be so awesome. I need to add some uh, pets to my household. Yeah, right, right. Oh um, boy. Cool. So uh, in the coaching game, um, yeah. how have you, how have you built your, your clientele and, and do you use, uh, some of the, you know, relationship building techniques that we've talked about over the, the episodes? Yeah. So, um, I love referral marketing. I think it's a great way, especially as you're starting your business to get going. I mean, obviously, when you start a business, you don't really have much more than your network. And, and that could just be your five family members in Denver or whatever it is, you know, it doesn't have to be large, but there's always that um, kind of initial reach out to, uh, um, you know, your aunts and uncles, like, Hey, this is what I'm up to. Just want to let everybody know. I did not do that, which probably was a mistake because until recently, my parents didn't even know what I did. You know, I've been doing this like almost six years and I mentioned something to my dad one day and he's like, yeah, I still don't really get what coaching is. And I'm like, okay, well, so I've never really did a good job of explaining it, which actually is one of my number one tips that you really do need to tell people that you're asking referrals from exactly what you do so that they understand like who you're looking for. But, um, but yeah, I've always seen it as a great way to just to kind of get any business started for sure. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. You know, I mean, Telling, I mean, because what you said, telling people that you're hoping to get referrals from what you're doing, it seems very simple, right? But it's something that a lot of people tend to overlook when they get going, right? Um, you know, you shared a story. You shared the story about you know having a conversation with your dad. I've had conversations with a bunch of friends who are like, dude, I have no idea what you do, right? I mean, you're a business per you're a business owner. That's pretty much it. So, you know, I mean, so if you can talk to, talk a little bit about that, because uh, I think that's an interesting tip that seems a little bit too obvious, but is oftentimes... <laughs> it's a really good one. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it is a good one because... Um, so, so actually, here's my actual tip, because... Obviously, you want them to know what you do, but more importantly, you want them to know who would be your ideal client. Who are you looking for and how can you help them? So I, I actually start this prior to telling them. I ask you know, people in my network, 
how will I know if I've met somebody that would be an ideal prospect for you? You know, I really like the point that Candace makes here because, you know, we do... A lot of times we do have the tendency to just tell people about our business, tell people what we're doing and kind of force it down their throat without actually talking about what we're doing for others and what and, and what their needs are that actually make them want to talk to us in the first place. Yeah. And we, we talked about it a little bit, you know, where we talk about things to listen for, you know, how do we know when we're in front of a good client and they're not going to say like, I need a CRM or I need a good networking group, which would be awesome if they do. And that's super easy. Uh, but they're probably going to say, you know, more sort of, you know, side comments like, you know, Oh, I'm so confused with my, you know, prospecting. I don't know how to follow up with people and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, you need to come up with those little things that people are probably going to bring up in conversation and then educate your, your partners on how to listen to those. If I've met somebody that would be an ideal prospect for you, right? How will I know if I, when I'm doing all of my networking, maybe I meet somebody that needs a house. Oh, okay. I know this realtor, right? So, okay. I can connect you. Um, so I sort of start it off that way. And then that way I'm, I'm sort of giving first. That's always a good place to come from. Um, and then if they ask me the same question or if somebody else asks me that question, uh, I usually lead it by saying, you know, most of the people I work with typically start with problems like I'm having trouble with time management or maybe they won't even say it like that, but oh my gosh, I can't get to all of my emails, <laughs> you know, or I just, there's not enough time in the day, or I don't know how I'm going to make it to Susie's baseball game or whatever it is, right? Like they're just obviously stressed out and overwhelmed. So, oh, ding, ding, ding. You know, I know somebody who actually works with people like you to help them get their lives back on track a little bit more and eventually make more money in your business because you've got all your, you know, stuff put together. So giving them that kind of scenario helps alert them and trigger them the next time they hear somebody complaining about all of those things. So you kind of lead with like, what are the pain points you help people with? That way people will recognize that. Yeah, that's awesome. We, in Firestorm, we talk about that a lot. We call it things to listen for. And it's usually the things that are not, you know, uh, obvious, you know, it's like, if somebody says I need a coach, I'm like, Oh, that's right. I've got like a, three, I can refer you 20. to, but if, <laughs> yeah. you know, if somebody says, you know, oh, I'm really busy and I feel overwhelmed and that kind of stuff. It's, you don't automatically think of, mm-hmm. oh, a coach is who I should, should think of there. So um, it's good mm-hmm. to have those ancillary things that you, you probably will hear way more often uh, when you're conversing with people versus mm-hmm. I need a coach. Um, exactly. So yeah I, yeah, I love that, that tip. So um, going back to your, you know, um, first point about, talking to people and we're not always good at, you know, telling people what we do or how they can introduce us to folks and um, whatnot. You know, I kind of wanted to tie it into your, uh, the working title of your book uh, about imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Do do you feel like maybe we as business owners, you know, entrepreneurs, salespeople, whatever, um, sort of sell ourselves short and are like, oh, I'm going to wait until I've reached a certain level to tell people what I do. Oh, absolutely. And that's kind of the worst thing you want to hear somebody say, right? When they're starting off a business. Um, I also, um, 
and I'll talk about the book too, but I'm also facilitating the co-starters group at the commons for their newer, you know, new brand new entrepreneurs, like baby entrepreneurs just started with a business idea. And we're encouraging them every week to go out and interview people and tell them about your business idea, get feedback, start to build up your network. And that is so hard for them. They're like, yeah, but I just thought of the name or I just thought of this idea. And you really, it's a muscle you kind of have to develop and exercise. So um, yeah, definitely part of my book is about really helping people understand that they're not alone, that everybody goes through these imposter moments and we can use them to sort of project us forward instead of hold us back. So instead of saying, I'm too scared to do this or, or you know, maybe that little voice is saying, who do you think you are to go start a business? And maybe you should just keep quiet, let everybody else introduce themselves first. Um, instead of that, you, you kind of learn to give that little voice a different job and maybe be the cheerleader or like, come on, you can do it or whatever, whatever it is. There's different tech, you know, tactics and techniques for taming the imposter, um, or harnessing its power. So I get into that in the book, but definitely with new business owners, there are those moments where, you know, you just doubt yourself. Is this even going to work? How, you know, I got one client, but how, how am I going to get the next one? Or, you know, there's always those little moments of doubt, especially, you know, um, when people don't understand what you do, for example, and you have to really stop and think the way your messaging is hitting or, you know, how are you selling yourself? So all of those things are definitely um, part, like ways that that imposter shows up for sure. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned harnessing the uh, the imposter's power, right? And uh, and I'm intrigued by that because I remember, you know, they're like just the, thinking about me personally. You know, I started my company, my first business, when I was like 20, right? And I was too mm -hmm. young and stupid to know that I was completely unqualified yeah. to be doing what I was doing, right? <laughs> but I was able to use that to my advantage because I was too young and stupid to know that I should not be giving people the advice that I was giving them. But the advice was good and it worked, right? And so, you know, and I kind of carried that with me and I ended up with a puffed chest That's and, awesome. you know, that which led to other issues down the line. Um, but uh, but I'm curious from your perspective, you know, talking about this and the kind of harnessing the power of the imposter. How do you go about doing that? Because you're right. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a thing that can when we're asking for referrals or, or networking or what have you, it can, you know, turn us into wallflowers when normally we'd be out there mingling. And so how do you how do you harness that? Well, actually, I love the example you just gave, right? So confidence comes from experience or from doing things that went well, like when mm -hmm. we win a baseball game or when we start a business at age 20 and don't have anything, you know, holding us back from those things. And you, you saw that success that built up your confidence, hence the, you know, puffed up chest, but using those um, like tangible moments in your life that were that did go well, let's put it that way, you know, using that to remember and call upon and sort of tap into the power of those moments to be able to refocus the imposter's voice, if you will. I call it the gremlin. So you can name that thing. You can give it a different persona. It's not you. It's just a part of you sitting there on your shoulder. So remembering that this is not Candace, right? This is like my gremlin. Um, and how can I re- 
focus, that energy. So it is energy. It's all, it's all, you know, emotions and energy and it, you can't really get rid of energy. Right. So you've got to refocus the power and I call it harnessing. Um, part of that came to me. I used to sail as a kid and I used to race Hobie cats with my dad and I won't get into the whole long story, but there's a story in the book about how we were sailing and you know, it's all a fine line of saying either the wind is pushing you forward or you're going over. So it's like a fine line of balance between harnessing the wind. And so I really started to play with that idea of like, how would you harness the imposter's energy and how would you use it to push you forward? And I think there are, um, you know, I'm not the first person to come up with this, but there are people who use that kind of negative energy, if you will, or they love it when people tear them apart. Like, oh, that I love negative feedback. It just makes me go forward faster or whatever it is. <laughs> You're like, okay, well, that's one way to look at it. But there are ways to take that negative energy and harness it to push you forward and really um, refocus the voice or or give it something different to do, like give it a different job. There's lots of different ways to look at it that way. Yeah, that's awesome. There's a lot of martial arts that, uh, you know, use that philosophy to like redirect energy mm -hmm. and, you know, yeah. take somebody else's yeah. energy and use it against them. But sure. Um, oh, that's another good thing for my book. I might have to interview you later. About sure. That. Love it. I, I, I love talking about martial arts. I, I grew up and uh, did martial arts for like 20 years and my, um, I actually think there's a lot of good parallels between business and martial arts. And one, one of the things I actually thought of, uh, when we were talking here is like, you know, a lot of these concepts that we talk about on the podcast are, I don't, I don't want to say repetitive, but there's a theme, you know, and, and we talk about a lot of the same stuff. And I think maybe, you know, if listeners, uh, are with us long enough, they'll be like, oh, dude, we already heard that. <laughs> um, but there's a, a, a good, uh, you know, Bruce Lee quote, uh, that's, you know, basically to know and not to do is not to know at all. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's a, technically it's a misquotation. He didn't say it. He, <laughs> he took a quote from uh, a like philosopher from, you know, Rome. Anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> not the point. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but the idea that, you know, we're going to hear stuff um, uh, multiple times and we might think to ourselves, oh my gosh, you know, I've heard that before. I know that I know about imposter syndrome. I've heard that before. But are you really doing anything with that knowledge? You know, are you, you know, changing anything about your actions, behaviors, you know, doing, you know, implementing it into your life to make positive changes? And um, so I think that's, you know, worth noting, calling out in the podcast. Yeah. But. And I think mm -hmm. that that's that that is an important thing because, you know, in sales and business, I mean, we're all these, the, you know, these things do tend to rely on the same themes. Right. And uh, and I think that's a very good point. But I, I think that is particularly in this conversation talking about imposter syndrome. This is not something that most of us open up about uh, when we're talking to people other than close friends. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Especially and, not in the uh, like entrepreneur, like startup yeah, community. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. My app is the best. My website's going to be this. This is going to do that because we have to do that to pitch investors. Yeah. Right. Otherwise we're not going to get the money. Yeah, it's even true in the coaching industry because if I'm supposed to be coaching you or helping somebody with their small business, am I really going to say, oh, but I have imposter syndrome? You know, I mean, I don't want to look like I have to ask for help. So there's definitely that, there's always that bravado and that ego. And I think if you are kind of self aware enough, you're able to sort of um, share that part of you in a vulnerable way that you're also 
letting people know you're working on it. So don't worry, yeah. I got this, I got this figured out, or at least I'm working on it, but I also know it about myself. So admitting that is okay, you know? Exactly. And I mean, one of the things that we do talk a lot about is authenticity, right? Mm -hmm. And so being able to, you know, talking about the coaching industry, being able to mm -hmm. actually admit, listen, this is something that I struggle with and I'm working on it by doing X, Y, Z. So when I tell you to do X, Y, Z, it's not just because I think that it's because it bit, but it's because it worked. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so that kind exactly. of thing, I mean, so I guess, you know, that's a, a maybe a different method of, of kind of harnessing the power of the imposter. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I, I love that. It, but yeah, but, uh, mm -hmm. but it seems like it's, it seems like it'd be, ben it's beneficial because it, it makes an impact and it's something that people connect with. I, I mean, it, it really does go back to sort of the whole thing of referrals and building, you know, authentic relationships with people where they're not just built on, you know, I'm a coach, I know everything, yada, yada. It's more like, hey, you know this about me. I'm a pretty down to earth person. So maybe this might not be true for everyone, but I just believe in authenticity and showing up as your, you know, honest, true self. And I might, you know, snort over a cup of coffee or something while we're laughing because I'm not going to hold back. Like I just am who I am. And I think that shows people I mean, not only who I am, but that I can be down to earth and I'm not trying to hide something. And personally, I feel like I'd rather refer other people that are similar, you know, open in a similar way, like also honest and authentic and not necessarily snorting, but um, <laughs> like laughing like that. But I mean, somebody who's not afraid to just say things the way they are like, wow, okay, you really do you are a human, <laughs> you struggle, you're having a hard time, you're loving life too, you know, you're a big mixture of all kinds of emotions, that's awesome, like, you're not just trying to put on this suit and, you know, be all buttoned up all the time, so. Yeah, and I think that speaks to sort of a, a larger um, idea of, you know, finding your tribe, you know, finding the people that you really jive with, and that, you know, share, um, similar philosophies on doing business together and, you know, how to um, just go through life together. And I think that, you know, there are people that will hear this conversation and and think like, that's a bunch of crap. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I'm going to keep going with puffing my chest and, you know, acting mm -hmm. all confident. And that's cool. Good on you. Mm -hmm. Not yeah. our crew. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah. uh, I think if you, if you uh, project that and and want to encourage the whatever it is you know it's yeah. if it's authenticity and just you know having a grand old time over coffee and not posturing and pretending you're the the coolest thing since sliced bread you know you'll attract other people that want to conduct their business in the same fashion and i think that's uh that's super important and it's also a challenge to do because especially if you're new in business you're like i need money yeah. Yeah, yeah, like right. I need all the clients. Right. <laughs> I don't exactly. care what they think. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um yeah. yeah. Anyway. Good good uh things to ponder. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh kind of jumping back into the conversation about uh about you know kind of letting people know what you're doing, letting people know who you are. Obviously, after six years in business, I'm guessing that most people know who you are, what you're doing, at least most people that are going to be referring that, that you'd want to be referring you. Um, is there anything, how did you kind of make the, excuse me, make the transition from, you know, not being super ready to talk about what you're doing to going into the, uh, into, into, to, to, to now kind of yeah. get, get gaining that 
What am I trying to say? Gaining that perspective, yeah, gaining, like that. gaining the, the awareness of other people. Sure. And just being able to have kind of a clear message, which that I was think much is, more concisely yeah. put. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I, and I still probably don't have the clearest message. I think that's one thing that, you know, working with different marketing people and oh, there's all kinds of, what's your message? What's your message? It's always a question, you know, what's your messaging and do you have that dialed in? And, and I, I would at one point and then I'd change and then I'd try something different and then, you know, come back to it or whatever. It's always switching up. But I think, um, getting clear on who you want to work with, who you are, what you can offer, what you solve, all of those things are super important. Um, obviously not just for getting referrals, but for getting clients. Once you start to get a few clients, you don't, I mean, it's great to have dialed in messaging and to be super clear on that, but almost an easier way to go about it is like, I had this client named Bob. Here's what I did with Bob. Let me just tell you a story, you know, or like, this is how I helped this guy. I think that's a nice way to tell what you can do. Now, coaching might be different than um, maybe if you have a product or something like that, You, but you could talk about a client that used your product and how it helped them. So there's lots of ways to tell stories about your business once you get it going. I mean, at the first when you're first looking for that first client, you might want to work with like a cousin or something first because you need to build up that, like, what can I do to help this person? I don't know. Um, but once you start to get some stories under your belt, it makes it a little bit easier to talk about yourself and to give examples. And, you know, um, even with, with conversations with my family, it's like, hey, I just had this client and I, I helped his whole family relocate from another state. And it was this really weird kind of situation, which I normally don't work with, but it was so fun and branched out into a different kind of, you know, type of coaching, which I hadn't done. And, you know, it was just really a fun thing. I don't know, just like being able to talk about stories with your family in a confidential way that you're not sharing all of your clients information, but <laughs> um, makes it, you know, kind of makes that message come to life, if you will. Mm. So um, how do you train or coach or, or educate your partners on, um, you know, different opportunities for, for them to, to be on the lookout for, you know, we talked about things to listen for earlier and now, you know, you're talking about some success story type stuff where you can, you know, mm -hmm. share, but, um, do you have a system for kind of packaging that all together and, and educating your, your partners? That's a great question. I have been, I've been working on packaging it more for my current and past clients. So okay. sort of coming up with a way that it's not just left to chance. And then I think, Oh, that was our last session. And I forgot to say something about if you know of anybody, <laughs> you know, sending them back. Um, there's a book, I'm sure you guys have read it, Endless Referrals by Bob Berg. He's a mm -hmm. great um, the go-giver. He's a great author. My brother turned me on to him years ago. And he has a theory that you don't just ask for referrals like, hey, um, you know, my buddy who's a wealth manager refers people to me. And hey, uh, if you know of anybody, any clients that need coaching, you know, refer them to me. Like, well, first of all, that's super open and vague, but, um, the story that Bob Berg tells is how like, Hey, you still go to that, you know, country club. Yeah, I do. Oh, do you still golf? Yeah. I love golfing. Don't you go with like the same foursome every week? Yeah. I love those guys. Well, do any of those guys, 
you know, have trouble in their business or, you know, did any of those four people instead of asking for like those 800 people, you know, (laughs) so really drilling down to like a small subset, maybe not a golf foursome, but that just gives you an example, you know, how to ask for that referral is really targeted. So I think in the same way, when I talk to, for example, my wealth manager friend, you know, I did give him some good, um, Uh, success stories and just some stories about what types of people I've been seeing in my business, mostly small business owners. And so I kind of put it that way to him is if you have some small business owners that are struggling with X, Y, Z, and he, you know, he really was, um, he really was uh, interested because he's like, oh, I get these guys on the phone all the time that are saying, you know, not just help me with my money, but dude, I have no time to talk to you today. I'm so swamped. I've got this. I've got that. I can't handle this. I've got my taxes, blah, 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 you know, whatever complaining. And he's like, okay, no, that's interesting. And he's trying to help them, but he can't coach them as well as manage their money. So he sort of has to know his own limits. And then I just say, look, I can be an extension of that. I know you love to help people and I'm not trying to step on your toes, but when you get to the point where it's just a little overwhelming or you can't handle it all, you know, send them on. So that kind of became a good way for him to see where I could fit in, not only to help him, but help his clients and make him look like the hero at the end of the day, because, hey, I've got this other resource for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How how often do you stay in touch with him? And, you know, what's the cadence there for nurturing that relationship? Well, um, that that actually, he's probably my best referral partner. Um, Last year or two years ago, I think I did about, I, I was counting since... Um, since I was coming on this podcast last or two years ago, it was 55% referral last year it was 50% referral. So very similar, which yeah. I thought was interesting. Um, and I actually met this buddy of mine. Um, well, let me, let me rephrase that. So I think all, but one of my clients, you guys aren't going to believe this all, but one of my clients. Okay. Maybe this is coming. Maybe this isn't quite the right statistic. Um, except how do I put this, except for the referrals have all come from LinkedIn. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're either from LinkedIn or referrals. That's how Got I should it. have said all right, that. All right. Yep. Um, that to me sounded crazy because I spent so much time on Facebook. So I did yeah. a little marketing audit at the beginning of COVID and the lady I was working with was like, go find where all of your clients came from referral, 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 you know, all these referrals and then all these LinkedIn's. And I'm like, okay, forget Facebook. I'm going to LinkedIn. Well, one of the guys, this wealth manager, I met him through, you know, connecting with some people on LinkedIn. They were having a meetup in Denver. And I thought, okay, I'll go. This is before COVID. I'll go to this meetup. And it snowed that night. It was like four o'clock at night out in Commerce City or something. I'm like, oh man, this is going to be terrible. Why am I going there? Okay, I'm just going to do it. I never get out. I should go do this. So I go to the meetup. Um, there were only like 10 or 12 people there, but we all, um, did this like group coaching thing. It was actually really kind of cool. And then I connected with this one guy and he and I, um, just hit it off and like chatted at the end and stayed for like 20 minutes talking and agreed to have coffee. And a few months later, I go to his place, his office for coffee. And I'm just thinking he was a great guy to know. Yeah. Maybe referral partner, that kind of thing. At the end of that meeting, he referred three of his family members to me to coach. Wow. Wow. 
and one like after uh, I was there for like two hours, but still like a two hour meeting. He's a big talker. And yeah, he refers three of his family members to me. So that in itself was awesome and really set the tone of like, wow, he really likes me. He trusts me. He's going to put his, you know, send his family to me. Um, I started working with them. That all went super well. And then it was like, okay, I know Candace can do it. She's kind of really helped our family through this tough time, blah, blah, blah. So um, that kicked off some other opportunities. Um, so I think the, the key there is kind of knowing like, you know, how to structure it, how to let them know what you do, and then really show them and prove to them, you will take care of the people that they do send to you. There's a big part of yeah. that too, and like kind of wrapping it all up. Do you, do you feel like with him now, I mean, is it just automatic that, you know, you're top of mind and as soon as a, you yeah. know, opportunity comes up, it's like Candace is getting this. Yeah. And sorry, I didn't really answer your, your question of how many times, like how often do we talk? And I would say, um, you know, at least probably every other week we're at least sending a text or a message or an email okay. or something, but you know, maybe three weeks will go by and I'm like, gosh, I haven't talked to him for a while. So, you know, one of us will reach out, but we usually have something coming up or something just passed, you know what I mean? Like something yeah, going on. Yeah. So um, we definitely keep in touch. That's awesome. Go ahead. So, uh, I mean, not everybody in your referral network, I'm assuming gets a, an email, a text, a phone call once every two, three weeks, right? Uh, do you have levels that, I mean, if so, then that's very impressive. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, uh, do you have levels in different, uh, different ways that you, uh, that you keep in touch with different, uh, with different members of your referral yeah. network? You know, I mean, for me, I think it really comes down to having a few that are your tight, you know, your tribe. And for me, you know, being a coach, that's sort of a, a wealth manager guy. I've, my brother's a realtor. So pretty much anybody that's in real estate needs a house, I'll send to him. I mean, there's just kind of a few tight ones. And then the next layer of that might be people. Um, I mean, I have a few others in that tight circle, but the next layer might be, you know, people I've connected with on LinkedIn or in networking groups that, Hey, I know somebody who can do videos for you. Um, or I know, I know three people actually. So here's three you can choose from, <laughs> you know, something like that. Um, I don't really reach out to them on a systematic basis. That's probably a good idea to like separate them in, in like an email list or something. Um, I guess as I'm growing that, that would be necessary right now. It's sort of just off the cuff. And as things come up, um, but I do like the idea of starting off with, you know, you might not have every job description as a referral, but if you can start referring people, you know, with your baby business or your big business, whatever it is, if you can start by saying, Hey, I know a lawyer. Oh, you need what, what, you know, what can I help you? Who do you need to connect with? Like be that connector because that's how it will all come back around, you know, and you're not doing it to get it, but if you start with giving, chances are something's going to come back. Yeah. And I, I talk about that a lot where, you know, if you know who to call, call them. But if right. you don't know who to call, call me right. and I'll, I'll hook you up. Exactly. And if you can put yourself at the center of, of that and be, be known as the person that's the contact, you know, yeah. if I don't know somebody, I'm going to call Ian and he's going to know whoever it is I need. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I used to yeah. uh, used to wrap up all of my networking meetings, you know, when we were having them. 
<laughs> uh, used to wrap up all of my all of my coffees and whatnot with uh, with the question of if I could introduce you to one person that would change your business for the better in the next six months, who would that be? Right. And the answer was never a client was never client focused, right? It was Mm -hmm. always, it was always, I need an introduction to so-and-so, right? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, like I might be able to, I mean, well, it was every now and then it was a client, right? It was like, well, I need to talk to these type of people because I can do that. Right. And that, that's when I knew that they were looking to me for as, as a, as just a client source. Right. And, right. and we're, yeah. and, you know, and oftentimes that all, that also comes with a dollar value, dollar value on your relationship. Right. Whereas if, uh, whereas if you can say, okay, introduce me to a sales consultant because, you know, they work with 10 companies that need CRMs, then, that's something exactly. that's a, that 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 becomes a lot more of a, of a of a gross value uh, at the end. I long think run. that I think that comes with um, getting over that feeling of desperation. Which, mm-hmm. as a new business, or if you are really struggling to find clients, there's a little bit of that. Like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I need a client anyway. I can like help me send one person right. to me, you know. But um, but I think if you're past that or and you don't have to be past it, but you're past it mentally and emotionally. Um, you know, you might not have a full bank account, but you know that this is all working and slowly, but surely patience pays off and all of that. Then you can look at it with a bigger picture mindset of like, Hmm, he might not be meaning clients or maybe he is, but I'm going to go for this guy because this guy will trickle down or this lady will trickle Mm -hmm. down. Or maybe if I met, you know, the mayor, it'd be better than meeting, a, a lawyer or something, whatever it is that you, you right. know that you need. So yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's so important to have that long-term focus and and have the wherewithal to um, you know, both, you know, financial and mental wherewithal when you're starting a new business to to be able to get through and and not seem like you're super desperate every time yeah. you're having a conversation with somebody. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I know I was in the beginning for sure. I probably drove people crazy, you know, because I like, okay, that's nice. So, um, yeah. Who do you like, do you know somebody? (laughs) (laughs) Probably how I felt it was, but you know, I think, um, getting, getting over that really helps you if you're, if you're tight fisting through life, you know, you're not open to receive. So I, I always look at it that way of like, just be open, just go into this with no expectations. There's no attachment to the outcome. I don't know what's going to happen. I might, you know, find a, a date for my friend who's single. Like, I don't know who I'm going to meet today. <laughs> you know, whatever's going to happen. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. That's, I, I think that that attitude and taking that approach to things is just, it's more exciting too. If yeah. like, if I go in with an agenda and I'm like, oh, it's very like win or lose, I accomplished my agenda or I didn't. But if you go into it, just like, mm-hmm. ah, I'm going to see what, see what happens, like, yeah. see what comes out of this. And you, yeah. can go all sorts of directions. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the beauty definitely. of networking, right? I mean, it's the beauty of relationship building. Yeah, totally. So I do have a quick funny story about networking. Yeah, yeah please. So, um, so obviously I've been building my business for like six years. And I mean, in the beginning, I worked a full-time job on the side. So, you know, it wasn't totally just on my own. But then I've been, I've been writing a book, I've been doing all these things. And about halfway through COVID, I don't know, let's just say the summer, my son had, my middle son, who's 17, had some friends over and I could hear them talking in the other room and they hadn't seen each other for a while. So they were connecting and, and one of the girls said, so Gavin, what does your mom do? 
and I, my ears kind of, you know, perked up. <laughs> and he said, um, let me remind you, my book is about imposter syndrome, but he said, or I thought he said, I don't know, but whatever it is, it's not working. Oh, and <laughs> I was like, Oh, well, crap. Like either, either it's not, and he's right. Or I need to fill him in on what's going on. Like what, what just happened here? Right. I'm like, totally like my mind's spinning. So I go in there and into the kitchen. And I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. What did you just say? And he goes, no, Ella was just asking, you know, what do you do? And I said, yeah, I heard that part. What did you say? And he goes, oh, I, I don't really know, but it's, I said, it's always networking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I was cracking up. And then I was, you know, then when this book, when I started coming up with the idea for the book, I'm like, well, I have a good story for it where I had some imposters and like, clearly he's saying my business is not working. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah. It's pretty funny though. I am networking a lot. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. sure, sure. You have to. Absolutely. You know. That's it. Yeah. yeah. My my stepsister uh, had a great line. Uh, We had her on the podcast a little bit ago, and and she uh, she said, "You can't be a secret agent in business. Right? (laughs) You gotta (sighs) get out there and tell everybody what you're doing." It's so so true. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. So, um, last question: If you had a bit of advice for uh, our listeners or your younger self when you started the business to expedite things, what, what would it be? Um, honestly, I, uh, I told you in the beginning, I had some ideas. I think I gave them all to you, but (laughs) I'm sure I can think of one more. Rewind. Listen to the first. Um, (laughs) Right, right, right. Go back throughout the whole thing. No, um, you know, definitely referrals are, are great. And I think it's a, it's a great thing to do. I think consistency and follow-up are probably, two more things that I wish I would have told myself at an earlier age or, you know, earlier age of my business to follow through with people better because, you know, we all hear like the seven touches or 12 touches to make a sale or whatever it is. Even if it's seven touches to like make a friend, it it's not just a one and done. You don't just chat with somebody in messenger or on LinkedIn or something for like one day and then now your referral partners. It doesn't work that way. And it, it does take consistency and follow up and follow through to develop those relationships over time and really um, nurture them and take care of them. And that goes for just any friendships. I think as the older you get, you realize, oh, those friends from high school don't really call anymore or whatever. <laughs> like, gosh, I guess I haven't called them either. You know, it takes friendship and relationships all, whatever kind of relationship takes a lot of nurturing. So that would be my biggest advice is really just to um, have a, some kind of a consistent process, whether it's your CRM or calendar, whatever your Excel sheet, whatever you're using, um, just to remind you to follow up and be consistent. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's that's super important. For sure. For sure. So uh, where can people find you? Uh, if any of our listeners want to reach out to you, where can people find you? Yeah, well, as I mentioned, I pretty much live on LinkedIn. Um, I try to avoid most other social media, but um, I mean, I'm on Facebook, of course, but like try not to be there too much on Instagram. But yeah, so LinkedIn is probably the best. Um, it's just linkedin.com slash Kingston Candice or in slash, anyway, I think you guys will have the link. And then uh, kingstoncoaching.com is my website. You can email me there or 
message me from there too. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. This was a good conversation. I really enjoyed it. I did too. It was great to see you guys and I hope to see you in person soon. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Great. All right. We'll have a great thanks rest of the day me. and uh, we'll uh, talk at you guys later. Yeah. Thanks so much. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. That was another awesome episode of the Referral Bench Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, tuning in and sticking around till the end. We really appreciate it. And we appreciate you sharing it with all your friends as well. Absolutely. And while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, whatever platform you're using. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast as well. That definitely helps us with our ratings and with our rankings and whatnot and uh, helps us get in front of more people. We're dropping fresh episodes every Thursday morning. So tune in every week and we look forward to hearing you next time. And we'll see you next week. Cheers.